0: Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening.
1: Just want to get a running start and smash your head through a wall after listening to that you gotta love classic AFI Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the put the stress down podcast as you know, we have refrained from using Outside music, but for the commission they get special treatment So as always it is an honor and a pleasure to be back to chat with you all we thank you guys for tuning in We appreciate you. We're beginning a new series today and that I'll space out over the next couple of weeks where we discuss mental health and, and various topics, whether it's sports, music, acting, art, et cetera, and kind of take a, a deeper dive into those worlds and the people that spend a lot of time in, in those world in those worlds and, and they're knowledgeable. And, and that's exactly why I have the guest I have tonight. You know, I, I another one of my true passions besides mental health is mixed martial arts. And as as I've said previously, one of my favorite things to do is to have other content creators come on from different worlds to give their fans another perspective of them and to see them in a little bit of a different format and in a little bit of a different light. And so I'm super stoked to be joined by one of my favorite podcasters out there right now. He's the host of the Unmatched MMA podcast, and you can follow him at Unmatched MMA and at Chris Loves Horror on Twitter and IG. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome our good friend Chris to the show.
0: Bro, it is so nice to be talking to you right off the bat. I was not expecting to hear AFI right now. I feel like I'm ready to like run through a wall or something (laughs) after hearing that. Am I right
1: or wrong? Am I right or wrong?
0: You're so right.
1: Yeah, it's the cure for what ails you, man. You know what I mean? A, A good dose of AFI, especially at that point in their career. I mean, it was there was no better time.
0: Oh, yeah. Everyone needs AFI in their life.
1: Yeah, they definitely do, man. So I appreciate you doing this. You know, I'm always very transparent and I always share probably more than I should with the audience. But, you know, you are staying up a little bit later because of the time difference. And I just want to thank you for that, man. I appreciate you doing that. And not only that, I appreciate all the support that you have given this show, that you have shown for extended family. All of it, bro. It does not go unnoticed and and it means the world to me, man. And I just want to say thank you before we even get it cracking.
0: Hey, same to you, man. I appreciate all the support that you've given me over the last year of me doing my own show. And it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. I really appreciate you having me on your show. The The invitation is always extended to you to come on my show as well. We just, we can set that up anytime. Oh, but yeah, yeah it's maybe, great to be uh, talking to you. Now.
1: Maybe uh, before Marty and Colby, I think that would, that would be a good one.
0: That will be, a good, yeah, let's set it up. Yeah,
1: let's set it up, man. We'll do that. We'll do that offline. But uh yeah, so I love your show, man, for what it is. And, and you know, which I refer to it as the Hungry Man's Podcast, right? So for, for those people yep. that don't know what that is, it was a pound of food that's ready in like 90 seconds or something, right? It was nothing that's in there actually has the same heating time. So some of it's burned, some of it's cold in the middle. It's a mess. Now, that's mm-hmm. not what I mean about your podcast. What I mean is that <laughs> you pack a lot into a little window right now we love to slip the jab guys shout out to them for what they do their that's mm-hmm. great but you know different strokes for different folks some people like a smaller bite you know what i mean and i love that you just you get in you get out boom you get to the meaty bits it's a tight 10 you know 12 minutes we're out of there you know and i respect your takes and and i Enjoy having conversations with others like myself who can be honest, even when it means knowing your guy is going to take some lumps, you know, or it's not easy to do. It's easier to be a fair weather fan and integrity is, is a virtue that not everybody has. Yeah. And you have that, you know what I mean? And that is why I wanted to get you on this show. And we'll get more into, into your pod a little bit, but let's at least let's get a little bit, you know, and we'll have you back on to get way deeper, but let's just get a little bit into your background just so everybody knows who you are and, you know, where you're from. And just, just talk a little bit about your upbringing, man, and where you grew up and, and, you know, kind of how you came to be.
0: Okay, so right off the bat... um, I was born and raised in the military town of Jacksonville, North Carolina. My dad, as you know, was a Marine. Um, I'm trying to think of what else to say. Uh, sticking with MMA, I've actually, I'm actually a pretty new fan of the sport. I didn't really get into it until I fell for the circus. That was Mayweather McGregor. (laughs) And with, (laughs) with me being half Irish, I kind of wanted to see McGregor get the job done. And I clearly didn't know what I was talking about at the time. I just saw this Irish dude with a big mouth. I thought it was entertaining. And then when I saw the promotional stuff and the build-up to that boxing match, if that's what you want to call it, I saw his mixed martial arts fights, and I got interested in seeing his older fights in the UFC. And then when he fought Khabib, I, that was the first UFC event I ever watched, and from then I was hooked. Like I watched the very first prelim to the main event, and I was hook, line, and sinker. And that's how, I, that's why I'm so invested in fighters like Tony Ferguson, Derek Lewis, Vicente Luque, because they were part of that first card, and I was hooked on their styles and just their personalities, their the way they fight. I w- I loved every second of it. So from there. I started to look for when they were fighting next. Then I saw more fighters on more cards and now I, I can't miss a fight. I'm, I'm hooked on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's the same can be said for a lot of us, man. I know me like it's, it just, it feels off when you miss a card, you know what I mean? Even if it's like bottom of the barrel, doesn't seem that tight. Like sometimes those are some of the best scraps, man. Really?
0: Yeah. Wait, like the card this weekend, nobody's talking about it, but I'll be damned if I miss it, though. Like, I'm going to be hooked to the TV from the start to the very finish. Like, I cancel plans to watch UFC. Like, I'll find a way to see everything.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like to the layman or to the casual, it sounds weird. But And don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong, I'm all for marriage. I'm all for, you know, all of those nice things that require ceremony, etc., but it Mm -hmm. it really can bum you out when someone plans a wedding or something like that on a big card. You know what I mean? It's like, it really affects you
0: for sure. It happens all the time.
1: Yeah. So, but you know, the thing Mm -hmm. that I, that I find, man, that I often deal with, and I think we've had this, you know, this discussion briefly, but I just wanted to talk a little bit more about it is I find myself at that crossroads where I love it, bro. I love MMA. I love the beauty of it. I love the motion. I love the the strategy, mm. the chess match, I love the cold, clean knockouts, but mm. I do sometimes wrestle with the fact of what I'm actually watching and what I'm actually rooting for and what I'm like deep in my soul wanting to happen, wanting to witness, which is this other human getting his lights knocked out. You know what I mean? So do you find yourself ever dealing with that? like Or do you just kind of tuck it away? I mean...
0: I feel like every other event, I have that conversation with myself. If there's like a crazy finish or someone's just taking a serious beating for three to five whole rounds, I've, as soon as the event's over, I'm like, why did I enjoy that? <laughs> like, like Holloway versus Cater, I had a blast watching that fight. Oh but, God, yeah. but I'm thinking like, he, this guy has to be sent to the hospital. He's probably not going to fight for another year, year and a half probably not going to be the same after the beating you took. Like, why do I enjoy this? And honestly, I kind of just I, I can never find an answer. <laughs> like, It's always like, oh it's, it's entertaining. They signed up for it. They know what they're getting into but I feel like that's not a good enough answer but I keep finding myself rationalizing it because I fell in love with the sport for the, the sheer skill of it, the chess match the athleticism. That side of things like the discipline it takes to get to that kind of level
1: yeah that that's really what it is for me too you know what i mean that that's kind of the lens that i look at it through and, and i that's why i don't discount you know lower tier cards because i mm-hmm. you know i for a brief time quote unquote trained with with a couple guys this his name was eddie Aguin. he was in the ufc very briefly but i trained with him mm-hmm. at a gym in san diego and i mean bro he was in there Morning, noon, and night, six, seven days a week. You know what I mean? And just to see, to know what goes on at those gyms. You know what I mean? We only see the performance, we see it all come together, but the journey is in that fucking grind, man.
0: Yeah. Then not to mention the weight cut, too, because that's a whole other side of torture in and of itself. We don't see any of that except for some of the spiders with their own production teams there gracious enough to show us that side on whatever social media youtube channels they got but we still don't even know i at least speaking for myself i don't know what that feels like i can only imagine like the mental games that plays with you
1: yeah for sure and like i said just the discipline that's really where i where i put my respect you know what i mean i'm just like man it is i wish i could do that You know, I can't, I just simply can't, you know, but they can, they, they can, they find a way and and I respect it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so I have respect for them, but of course I just, I salivate for those knockouts. I salivate for those head kicks. You know what I mean? And you look at guys like Bisping, who, who gives so much of my respect, man. And look at him, you know, 10, 15 years ago till now, if you put a side by side, you're going, that's not the same man. And it's not just Mm -hmm. age. It's that his face and his eyes have been rearranged. You know what I mean? And, And so it's like it's what is that, you know, is that just this animalistic thing inside all of us? I don't really know, but I think that it would be fair to say all of these guys are going to be affected by some of these, you know, battles that they fight in that octagon.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think still talking about why we like this, I think a lot of it is we all as a society, we also like an underdog story we always root for the guy that people count out right and we like to see who comes out on top of some whether it's a verbal conflict a physical conflict we like to see a clear winner and while we don't always get that in the UFC sometimes it's still a very prominent part of the sport and the way it operates and I think we just like to see the best of the best and this is just our way of seeing it
1: yeah, for sure. And, and, I, and I'm with you. Like, I definitely rationalize like, you know, hey, this this these guys dream like they love it. They know the consequences. They're doing it, you know, and then it's just you'll see like the the after or somebody will release like a locker room video of of someone just destroyed, man. And not and not just physically, not just seeing their wife, not just seeing their kids, you know, all bloody and stitched up. But mm. the mental toll, man, the dump that that takes, you know what I mean? Because you train, you gave everything you you convinced yourself you were the best and then you go out mm-hmm. and get dusted i mean what's what do you do you know what i mean what do you do in that moment
0: i it's insane to think of like the fact that they put themselves in that position and it's like a 50 50 chance of them feeling the highest of highs or the lowest of lows if you get the wrong end of the stick i i can't imagine because if, if you're someone like Hunter McGregor and every move you make is publicized. Like you saw him in the locker room after the second Dustin fight and he was crying and he had his head in his hands. And I would not want that out there in the universe, but it's, I can't begin to imagine what that feeling's like, because I do some boxing training. I spar every now and then, and I get my ass handed to me every single time. And like, I, but I don't do it for a living. So it's like, I still can't really compare the feeling I get after a tough sparring session to the way they feel after fighting in front un, under the brightest lights in front of millions of people on TV and in a sold-out arena. Like it, it's. I can't find the words for it, but it's it's kind of commendable in a way that they have the courage to be vulnerable like that. But I could definitely not put myself in that position.
1: Yeah. No, I couldn't either. And when it comes to Connor, you know what I mean? I don't, bro, I don't hate the man at all. You know what I mean? Do I hate Mm -hmm. the antics? Yeah, of course. I I just feel it's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. But again, look, he goes from nothing to something really, really fast. And now every move is under a microscope. And now you're training harder in the gym. Your body is taking more toll. And now you are fighting better guys you're not fighting Dennis Seaver anymore you know what I mean you're fighting guys that hit a lot harder guys that are a lot faster Mm. and now you've done well once twice so now every single time the entire world all 18 million of your followers here and there is expecting you to come out and do that well how in the fucking hell else am I gonna Deal with that besides lashing out in some crazy ass ways, and and that's not me excusing it in any way, shape, or form, man. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that's my take on it. You know what I mean? I, I can't imagine the amount of pressure that that puts on one man.
0: Yeah, for sure. And he's even said it before. Like after it was after he fought Khabib before he fought Cowboy. Like he he didn't fight all of 2019, but he did this sort of. St. Patrick's Day event or something and he was speaking in the bar and he was talking about Khabib and I don't really like all the trash talk and all the antics like he said but this point that he made stuck out to me he said like it's easy to do this once like you put your absolute all into it you give it everything you've got you're on top of the world but to do it time and time again day in and day out that's where the motivation lacks. That's where the fatigue sets in. That's where you, that's where all the mental games are played. And that's where, that's where all the pressure starts to set in. And I, I don't remember the exact quote, obviously, but I think you catch my drift of what he was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my point. Like, for him to even still want to do it when he's got millions of dollars in the bank, yeah. he doesn't need to get hit in the head anymore. Like, And recently he hasn't been doing too, too well. Like that's, that's an insane amount of pressure, but at the same time, who's to say he's kind of not doing it to himself because yes, he's expected to talk a bunch of smack. He's expected to cause some sort of ruckus at any public event he's at. But at the same time, if he, it's like what Lino said when he was on your show. If he doesn't do it, like what he did against Cowboy or the second Dustin fight, people hate him for it. Right. But when he does do it and he ramps it up too much, then they're still against him. So it's like he can't, figuratively and literally, he can't win. So like, the why he wants to still do this, I'm not sure. But it's commendable in the fact that he's not wedding. The injury or the backlash affect him, and he still wants to compete. And that's like that's a whole other breed of human being that I can't fathom to be.
1: For sure, no, absolutely, and I believe I believe that he wants to come back. I do. I believe it. I I think it's still there. I think you know this injury it really kind of was a wake up call, and I think he's going to do everything he can to get back in there asap. You know, and like you're saying, I commend that. I couldn't do it. I'd be like, that's it. I'm done. You know what I mean? But I but I believe he he does want to come back and fight some more, you know. But it's, you know, you look at that cocktail of, of that pressure, A, one one piece of his life, you know, what he does for a living, one. And then you go out and, mm-hmm. and every other thing that he's doing. And, and then let's not forget that all of these men and women are just that. They're men and women, and they deal with the same problems we deal with. They deal with getting up and not wanting to do it. The day that they have to go mm-hmm. out there and do it. They deal with... Family coming and using Their name and stealing shit from Their house you get what I'm saying all this type Of shit Mm -hmm. and then You know it doesn't help that a lot Of fans feel very Obligated And owed you know your presence And your time because you're a fan And I and I made you so I can talk to you however I Want to you know what I mean and and it's Oh and it's affecting you Megan Anderson well then you're a fucking pussy And you're in your trash because you should be able to take it. You get what I'm saying? And, and I disagree with that. I don't feel that that's yeah. something that you should do to anybody, whether they're in the spotlight or not in the spotlight. That is not how I fucking move. And I try to be, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not always positive, man. Sometimes, I, you know what I mean? I'm human. But for the most part, yeah. you know what I mean? I try to respect and understand what these men and women are going through. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think... I think all of us in the commission are kind of on the same page where if we see someone talking to a fighter like that, we don't, I, at least I don't like, I don't want to interact with that guy. I don't want to associate with that guy. Like how upset with yourself and your life that you have to be to go on Twitter or Instagram to talk to a professional cage fighter and say all this stuff to them that you wouldn't say to their face when they're, putting their health and safety and maybe even their lives on the line for our entertainment like that's some next level scumbag stuff
1: yeah man definitely absolutely and i and i try to make sure you know what i mean i always keep that in mind man i always like what am i going to leave behind you know what i mean if i go back and i scroll through my history am i going to be proud of what i see or am i going to see some vile ass shit you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. up to me that ain't up to nobody else that ain't up to a fighter that's up to me, you know what I mean? And I try to do it the right way and keep it a safe space, man, because we're all just there to, to chop it up and chill and kick it, you know what I mean? So I don't got to yeah. for all that, man. You know, I really don't. That's just such a nasty aspect and such a wild characteristic that I don't understand, you know? So I don't, I'm not going to go back and forth with you. I'm not going to slander you or talk about your parents or, or any of that shit. You go left mm-hmm. and I'm going to go right, you know what I mean? And that's the way it needs to be. But My concern is always this, man. Like, look, I'm in a place where if someone wants to come at me some type of way, bro, I'm 40 years old, I'm married, I got kids, I don't got time for an internet troll. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. one of these days, and especially if you're coming at a fighter like that, they're not just going to say, oh, hey, that's okay, because they're not me. And they will find you. Yeah. Not only will they find you, they'll find your family. Yep. They'll find where your kids go to school. They'll send you pictures of your mom going to work. The, these are things that happen, man. These are real things. But the age that we're in has allowed people to believe that they are completely safe behind that
0: keyboard. Yeah, it's, it's insane how safe someone can feel when they're talking to someone. Like, even if they're just texting someone that they that they're that they know from like around town or something, the the false sense of security that they feel when they're not face to face with someone, that's all it is. It's false. Like just because you're not saying it to their face doesn't mean it's not going to have consequences. And like when I've said this on my podcast before, I'm pretty sure, but I, I obviously have my biases and my preferences when it comes to certain fighters, but I don't try to let that impact the way, I pick a fighter, make a prediction, or talk about a certain fighter, unless it's Tony Ferguson, obviously. Right. But, of course, yeah, of course.
1: Like <laughs> yeah. I um Jimmy.
0: Oh, for sure. But I'm I'm also I'm not gonna go out of my way to talk about a fighter that I'm not a fan of and talk about them in a negative way because I don't get any satisfaction out of that. Right. Like if I if I walked if I saw this fighter face to face I wouldn't intentionally, like, say, um, oh, I don't like your style. Oh, I think you suck. Like, what's the point in that? Like, they they haven't done anything to me. Like, they're probably really cool people. Like, Benil Dariush. I don't like the way he fought Tony Ferguson, but I listen to his interviews. I think he's a cool dude. Why would I intentionally go on Twitter and say, man, you suck. You're a wet blanket, blah, 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 blah. No. It, like, there's, there's no point in that. And like you said, even outside of fighting, people will find you. And even if it's a fighter, if their name is is Sean Strickland, they'll probably find you. Right, Right. And so it's like, there's really no point in spreading that type of agenda, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, like the world's already negative enough as it is. Twitter's supposed to be fun. I have a good time on Twitter. I'm pretty sure you have a good time on Twitter. Absolutely. Why Why can't the rest of society just figure it out? Like, yes, there's some very serious things going on, but in a setting like that, it's just fun and games. Like, there's no room for any sort of negativity or hostility towards anybody, especially people you don't know and you found them from a bird app. Like, come on now.
1: Right, man. And, you know, look... I love MMA. You know, my wife is slowly, you know, I've turned her into a fan. But by and large, Mm -hmm. it's me on the couch with pizza and wings and my wife coming in for the main event. So when I jump on Twitter, like, I can talk to people that, you know, watch what I watch. They're into what I'm into. We can talk about what we all just witnessed, the greatness we just witnessed. But so often, man, it just takes this dark-ass turn, you know what I mean? And and I can't even try and act innocent. Like I haven't felt prey to it. I have, you know what I mean? And that's just where mm-hmm. it's like, you have to take that step back and understand like they literally just released footage of that woman talking about how all of these things are specifically designed and algorithms to incite feelings of hate and feelings of, you know what I mean? Those types of feelings in us, it's cut and dry right in front of our face. Mm-hmm. But yet day after day after day, you know what I mean? Business is booming.
0: Yeah, like I don't know if social media has a huge influence on it. I'm sure it does, but like, like I said, society already has a negative outlook and perspective on everything. Like you see, you see all these studies like anxiety and depression rates are exponentially increasing in younger and younger groups of people. Suicide rates are going up, and you turn on the news, there's always some other off story and, and it's always some sort of bad news like there's not you don't you turn on the weather channel and it's like oh it's a nice day it's sunny it's fabulous. like no bitch it's gonna rain and it's gonna suck and <laughs> yeah. it's gonna have hurricane force wind like i don't know i don't remember where i was going with that but <laughs> i had some sort of response to what you were saying
1: yeah man but it's just you know it's just I don't know. I guess I was just raised different, you know what I mean? And I just, I just yeah. don't, I just wouldn't get on there and speak or even type if I wouldn't do that right to your face, you know what I mean? That's just how I am, but, you know, you can for hide sure. that bird and, you know, it is what it is. But Luis Pena, you know, recently in the news for the second time in, well, I don't even know what, like a month or two, John Jones is going to John Jones, you know what I mean? And that's just so unfortunate, you know, and it's just, You know, it's serious stuff, man. You know what I mean? It's domestic violence. And and this is, I mean, you're within hours of being inducted into the Hall of Fame. You're, this is what happens. You know what I mean? And you're just, you're removed from your gym. You know what I mean? You're just, you're, you're creating your own demise. You know what I mean? Time after time after time. So how much of a role do you feel mental health plays? And how much of it is just environment or, or and, and, or constant trauma to the head, you know what I mean? Because I feel like it's just some sort of fucked up mix of all of those.
0: Yeah, I definitely do too. I, I think it's, I think it's the unholy trinity, if you will. Like, I think mental health probably plays some sort of aspect on it because we've seen headlines where this person had some sort of meltdown and they won't be fighting until they get this sort of thing figured out. Like, like what happened with Tony Ferguson before he fought Cowboy. There, had yeah, that whole situation going on. He had to get psychiatric evaluation, I think. And that was heavily publicized thanks to TMZ. Right. But, um, but at the same time, you also have fighters like Max Holloway and Adesanya who are really outspoken and comfortable talking about their struggles with anxiety and depression. And they have the performances that they have. They haven't been in the news for anything too crazy. So I wouldn't say mental health is the end all be all. And that's where the other factors contribute, such as environment. You look at John Jones or Conor McGregor, these are big stars and they've got a lot of yes men in their corners, probably not giving them the best advice. So I think that's probably the biggest factor more than anything, because you look at trauma to the head. I mean, I can think of a couple examples of fighters. I wish I could name specific ones, but off the top of my head, I can't cause I'm pretty brain dead right now, but I can think of fighters that are really well-spoken and they've taken ungodly amounts of hits to the head. So whether or not that plays into the outside the octagon shenanigans, I'm not sure. I think, I think it's like a maybe 60, 70% the environment that they're in and the people they're around. And then 10, 15% trauma to the head and, um, mental health in general.
1: Yeah, I would, I would have to agree, you know, and I feel like it can any one day, it can be one factor, any the next day it can be another factor. You know what I mean? All that being said at the end of the day, these aren't, 13, 14 year old boys these are grown men these are grown men yeah. that, that understand the consequences of their actions same way I do same way you do you know what I mean it, it don't give you a right to do that it don't I, I don't mm-hmm. you know do I feel like as someone who suffers from PTSD and who has violent outbreaks previously do I feel for you in that aspect I do but
0: mm-hmm.
1: no matter how insane my episodes were I never put my hands on a female never at any point, even when I was on the receiving end, I didn't. So in that Mm -hmm. aspect, I don't feel compassion for, I feel zero because it's, you got to under, we see the story Oh, it's domestic violence quick. You know, we, we start talking shit. We do whatever, whatever we move on. That was, Mm -hmm. can you imagine what that was like for that woman and for that child? Can you really imagine what that was like when, the world's most talented fighter is towering over you and aggressively in your face. Cause I couldn't imagine it, bro.
0: Yeah. It's, it's insane. Like I don't, I don't know all the details about the situations with Jones or Liddell or Pena, but which is, that's part of why I don't like to talk about it on my podcast. Cause I don't, I don't actively speak out these details because once again, it's like, a, it's a negativity thing. Like it's not that I don't care. It's just that, I don't know. I just don't like to talk about it when I don't know all the details. And, but if what we're seeing is true and from the details I've heard, it sounds pretty accurate. That sounds, Absolutely terrifying. Like, like you said, I could never imagine putting my hands on a woman. Like, I, I've got a pretty short few sometimes, but I've never gotten physical with another human being, male or female. I've never gotten to that point. Right. And and I'm obviously not the greatest fighter of all time either. So it's not like it would do much. So to think that, like, I'm, you're already physically vulnerable and weaker than whoever's coming at you that and they're probably intoxicated they're angry as hell and they're probably going to hurt you i don't i don't know what incited the incident not like that matters but whatever it is that's terrifying
1: yeah yeah and i'm with you man i'm not here to say see- I know what he did. I don't, you know what I mean? But clearly yeah. there was enough of a ruckus that the police were called. So even just the thought, you know what I mean, or the potential that he could harm you and you can't do anything about it, you know what I mean? That's serious stuff. So it needs to be yeah. taken serious, man. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, it doesn't sit right with me. But, again, I, I who am I to say, like, if I get online and I start trashing them and I start doing all – it doesn't do nothing for me, bro. It's not going to, Dana White's not going to see that and be like, oh man, you know what, Chris, you made a good point, bro. I'm going to cut him. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so it just, it leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth because it's something that I think, you know, we can both agree does so much for us, man, the sport of MMA. You know what I mean? It really gives us something to look forward to. There's there's joy that we find in it and it's authentic. And so when you have, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, someone that, has the potential to just be the biggest superstar ever. Do this time after time after time. You know, it just it gets old.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Like you said you yourself, this is something that we enjoy very much, and I'm I still consider myself a new fan because I haven't been watching the sport until October 2018. So while I've done my research and I like to think I've caught up and that comes across in my, the way I talk about it, Um, it's still something that I'm, I'm new to, but it's changed my life in a way. And it's something I look forward to every weekend. Like you said, and John Jones was one of the first fighters I really got into because when I was still new to the sport, like two months into this interest, he was coming back and fighting Alexander Gustafson the second time. So I watched their first fight and I watched a bunch of past highlights and stuff. I was like, oh my God, who is this John Jones guy? And I was a huge fan of the skill set. But then to do further research and then see more recent headlines like the incident that you had in the bar after the Santos fight with like the waitress or whatever and hearing about these PED allegations and now this most recent one, it's it's really disappointing. And like, even as a Conor McGregor fan, Oh my God. Like, as soon as I got into him, it seemed like he started to spiral downward. Like that, that Mayweather fight changed everything. And I don't know if Greg is listening to this from an some more, but <laughs> yeah, he I am sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah I mean, he knows what it's like. It's hard to be a Conor McGregor fan. And it's also hard to be a John Jones fan. And it's because, it's at that point where it's like, when do these guys learn from their mistakes? Because, like you said, they're grown men. They know the consequences of their actions. And Mike Winklejohn just finally suspended Jones from the Jackson Wing gym. So hopefully that has some sort of an impact on him, but it's, it's hard to tell because he's probably going to find some other gym with, that would love to work with him because, you know, he's the GOAT. And it's going to be the same cycle. It's a bunch of yes men and he's not going to, he's going to take the people that are trying to look out for him as people that are trying to hurt him.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. And then, like I said, you know, again, these guys are growing. You look at someone like Mike Perry, you know what I mean? You remember that video where, he, you know, he kicked in the glass and he's bleeding and he's going live and, yeah. you know, clearly something's wrong there. You know what I mean? Clearly. But, hmm no one put a gun to your head and made you do that. You know what I mean? Like you put yourself in that situation, then you decided to broadcast it. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to, be accountable, take accountability. You know what I mean? And it's, I want to be clear. I'm not saying these guys have to be model citizens and all. No way, Jose. I'm not saying that at all. No. But what I'm saying is don't mm. be shitty, man. You know what I mean? Just try not to be <laughs> shitty if you can, if it's not too much to ask, you know what I mean? Cause I, at the yeah. end of the day, we, we all go through shit, bro. I understand. We all, we all deal with pressures. We all deal with a lot of shit, man, but we mm. don't all, we don't all act shitty. You know what I mean? We don't all do that towards people. We really don't.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I, like I said, I've got a temper. I can get angry about things, but like I try to, I try to repress that as much as I can because other people don't need to see that. Like they didn't do anything to me, and it's like, um, I've I've noticed that a lot of these incidents, like I'm pretty sure the Mike Perry situation, but a lot of Connors' situations and John Jones's, a lot of it. Is a result of being under the influence, whether it's drugs, alcohol, it's some sort of substance that they probably shouldn't be using, but they keep doing it. And now we can talk about this in another episode, but like I've never taken a drink of alcohol. I don't smoke. I don't do any of that. But I, so I, I don't know what it's like to be an alcoholic or to be drunk or anything like that. I'm not going to put myself in that perspective, but. From my standpoint, I know that that's going to have some sort of an impact on the way you process things and the way you act and the way you think. So I'm not going to put myself in that situation that could get me into trouble if I'm not too careful. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does, man. Perfect. You know what I mean? It, it does. and And that's, what you have to be. I understand the yes men. I understand. I mean, maybe I don't understand fully because I'm not in their situation, but I, you know, Mm. as an outsider, I can, I can understand how certain things would affect you. But again, you have to man up. You have to woman up. You have to own your actions. You have to be responsible. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's nothing, nothing that you do, nothing that you've done, nothing that you will do down the road gives you a free pass to treat another human being that type of way. If you're in a fight, if you're building up a fight, fantastic. Let's do it. Let's YouTube it. Let's put it in the clips to the build up. I want to see it. But not to someone yeah. on the street, man. I don't want to see that, dog. Like I you know, of course, we all when something happens, we all watch the tape, right? We're all it's everywhere. You can't look on Twitter without seeing the surveillance tape. But ultimately, bro, I don't want to see that, man. I love these guys. I love the work that they put in for us. I appreciate what they do, what they sacrifice. Dan Hooker, the way he fucking sacrificed himself from his family, the man is built fucking Mm -hmm. different. You know what I mean? I I love these men and women. That might sound goofy, whatever. I don't give a shit. I do. I appreciate them. I respect them, and Mm -hmm. I don't want to see them in the news this way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I literally can't say it any better like you you hit every nail on the head right there um (laughs) it's like i don't i don't know i don't like to see this sort of stuff but i can't imagine what's like for their families either because they don't they don't ask to be in the spotlight but then as a result of the situation that this person got arrested this person did this they find themselves in the spotlight and they're they're already dealing with whatever traumatic experience came from the situation at hand. But now they're having to deal with the media and whatever comes from the comment section under these articles that a bunch of people write. And it's like, I feel bad for whoever is in trouble to a certain degree, but at the same time with like Jones and Connor, like they, they kind of do it to themselves I feel more bad for their families, the people around them, because I'm sure they don't want to be associated with something like that. They don't want to be around a person like that. But when this person's going off doing whatever and causing all this hoopla, it, it just paints everyone in a bad light, whether they were a part of it or not. And it's just not the, it's just not the way.
1: Of course, yeah, it's not the way, man, and it's tough. It's got to be tough on his wife, and maybe his kid doesn't really know yet, you know what I mean? But eventually, he's Mm going to be old enough to understand, like, what the fuck? Like, every. I can't go online and look up shit about my dad because, you know what I mean, it's all wild shit, and that's just kind of where we're at, you know what I mean? And I just, I don't know what the future will bring. Again, like I say all the time on Twitter, man, I can only control what I put out, you know what I mean, and what I try to teach my children, and keep it as positive as I can to, to do my part to affect mm-hmm. the future because I don't want to see it go the way that it's going, man. You know, they got us at each other's throats for all the wrong reasons when we should be lifting each other up, man. You know what I mean? And I just, I appreciate you coming on. I wanted to get your takes on this thing and I wasn't disappointed, man. I knew it would be a good conversation. And I let's talk about your show now before we get out of here because the Unmatched MMA podcast, how it came to be, where you want to see it go and all that good stuff, man. This is your moment to dazzle, baby. Let the crowd know what we got in store for them when they tune into the Unmatched MMA podcast.
0: Um, so it's, pretty new. I mean, it's really new now because I've had that update over the summer with the intro music and the logo, and yeah. I deleted all the previous episodes, but going through those previous episodes, I started... My first episode was July... It was like... It was right after the first Fight Island card uh, with Usman and All the first fight. It was... like It literally came out that Sunday night after, and... As far as how it came to be, um, I was really interested in the sport and like with every other hobby I've taken, whether it's music or movies, when I start to really get interested in something, I get obsessed with it. So that was definitely the case with MMA. So I started being really invested in certain fighters and I was watching all the events and I got my family hooked on it too. My parents, we watch it every weekend. We're, we're texting each other between fights. And so th- they know what's up too. So I, we would talk to each other about the fights. But then I started to know a little too much about the sport for them to keep up with. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. No, we so, get deep, man. <laughs> MMA fans get deep.
0: Oh, for sure. And it's, it got to the point where the some of the points that I was talking about, they just didn't know what I was saying there. Like, who's that? Who's what, what's, what's happening then? Who's this fighter? Why is this important? Um, so then it got to the point where I really, even around town, I couldn't, I was the biggest fan of the UFC that I knew of. Like I couldn't really find anyone else to talk with about it to the level that I was interested in. So I, and I got used to hearing people like Ariel on their show and I listened to the UFC Unfiltered podcast with Matt Sarah and Jim Norton. Matt, Matt Sarah is a friggin' national treasure. I love that guy. Oh, he's amazing, man. So, he's an OG,
1: bro. I, man, I will never right? forget watching that upset when he knocked out GSP. I remember it like it was today. You know what I mean? Like I just watched it, exactly. but, but I digress. Anyways, go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, I want to be Matt Sarah when I grow up. For sure. Um, <laughs> So I, I, when I'm hearing these guys talk and I find myself even disagreeing with a the lot of their takes, mainly, mainly Ariel with the whole Leon Edwards situation, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. yeah Doug, it be so, careful, bro.
1: <laughs> you don't want Hilwani out oh, of yeah. you, man. He, he's on a mission right now.
0: Bro, Hilwani is my spirit animal too. I ain't got no animosity, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I got so invested in listening to these guys' opinions and. I wanted to find some sort of way to get my opinions out there. I didn't think anybody would listen or even really care, but I just wanted some sort of outlet to talk about MMA freely and maybe just maybe (laughs) find some other like-minded people. So that summer, the the pandemic was a blessing in a couple of ways because I had so much time to think this through and it actually got me wanting to do it. And then I persisted. Follow through with it. And those first couple episodes, man, I'm, there's a, re- let's just say there's a reason I got <laughs> rid of them. <laughs> I was not proud of them at all, but I'm like, hey, I did it. <laughs> um, yeah. Man, and then oh, yeah. In, in turn, in turn, I ended up meeting some really amazing people. Like, I owe Lino from Slip the Jab everything right. when it comes to my presence my like the people i know because a lot of the connections i made were through him i met you because we listened to his show and we started talking to each other i met greg from and then some more by talking to him under the comment section of the slip the jab tweets so like and we was one of my first followers and he was one of the ones who encouraged me to keep doing it and he's like yeah i've i've been where you're at right now it gets it gets easier, this, that, the other thing. He's giving given me a ton of advice. And thankfully, I'd like to think I've listened to it and followed it in my own way. And that led to... um After about a year of doing it, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I got to do something else with this. And because I was not there was a point I don't remember how long ago it was, but I was really just not having a good time with it. I writing everything out and the process of recording, it was just, it was, it felt like more work than it was actually me enjoying talking about something I love. And I just wasn't having a good time with it. I'm like, maybe I'm just going to pull the plug on this. It's not, it's not what I thought it would be. I'm not having a good time with it, but then I'm like, I just got to spice it up a bit. So I did, I talked to, um, this guy I connected with a few months previously, uh, con artist, uh, con artist with a K. Oh, I'm that sure you've seen. Bad, all that. Man.
1: He's so fucking I'm bad.
0: Saying, he's got the best edits in the game. The yeah. stuff he's done with just portraits of fighters is unbelievable. Yeah. He's sick. So, and I'm like, I got to freshen this thing up somehow. And one of the ways was I, I wanted to redesign my logo. So because I am not the best with Photoshop or graphic design in general. So I did the best I could with what I had. And that's how that old logo came about. So I talked to Con artist, so I'm like, hey, this is the kind of vibe I was going for. You know what you're doing. I don't. Do you think you can touch this up at all? And he... He got back to me so fast, dude. Like I'm <laughs> telling you, the dope. whole process took like 24 whole hours, maybe 36. Like it was that fast. And then I'm like, I I didn't want to do intro music when I first started the podcast, but then as I started recording and less of so them, I'm like, yeah, I gotta do something different, and. So then I made that intro music. I took sound bites from some of my favorite people like Matt Sarah, John Annick Tony Dustin. It's kind of like I channeled my inner slip the jab energy with that and I, I was I liked how it turned out and um, then it's like the same old 10 15 minute show and it's because it's a lot easier to get through things that fast when you're the only person talking like as i'm sure you know oh yeah like Wingo and ian on flip the depth they can talk for hours and it's amazing that they do i love every second of it but i can i can run down the same stuff in way less time because i don't have a co-host to bounce ideas off of and maybe talk about a perspective that they brought up that i didn't think about so when i'm preparing the show i just write down a couple bullet points and I have a basic opinion that I want to get out, but I don't really expand on it too much because either one I don't have too much to say or I just forget to and I don't think about it until after the episode's published and I can't go back and re-record. And um yeah, so it's a lot easier to do it in 10 to 15 minutes. Now the whole process from writing to publishing takes hours, but the episodes are much more accessible to people which I think I wasn't planning on having it that way, but I'm proud of it because it's sort of that niche that I've got now. Cause what other MMA show is like 10, 15 minutes long and <laughs> yeah. runs down everything. So I kind of wanted to keep with that format even after the update. And thankfully that's stuck. Um, I try to upload every week. Uh, there's been some times where I haven't been too great with that, but I've, I'm getting back on track with it now. Um, I'm probably going to be recording the next episode tomorrow from the time that we're talking right now. I'm probably going to be doing it tomorrow. So I'm not really expecting anything huge with it. I never was from the jump. I just wanted to meet people that love the sport as much as I do, maybe had the same opinions that they don't. That's cool too, because I love a good old debate. But I just wanted to connect with people. And thankfully I did, because I've got you and the commission and everyone there. So. Things are looking up.
1: Awesome, man. Awesome. And hell yeah, I'm glad you did, man. Because look, if you would have never taken that leap, if it would have always been, oh, I've been thinking about it. Fuck it. You did it. And look what it led to, man. We've got some good ass people. You know what I mean? And bro, I'm a fan of your show. For as long as the show continues, you can count on me listening week after week, man. And I've enjoyed your progression both in your branding and just in your overall development, man. The changes in the show, and that's what's cool. And getting in on the ground floor of shows like yours is that you get to go along for the ride. You know what I mean? And and you get a vested interest in what you're doing. And I respect it, man, because I know how much it takes, especially when it's just you. So keep Mm -hmm. it up, man. Keep on fucking doing that shit. So before we wrap it up, man, is there anyone else you want to shout out before we get out of here? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, since you asked, I actually got a bit of a list. Oh, nice. Um, so, let's see. I'm going to start by, I don't know who's listening right now, but these are the people, if you're on Twitter or Instagram, these are the people that you got to follow. Do it. So, I'm going to start with my guy, Mookie, and you can find him on Twitter at SlipsterOG. Hey. Instagram. Instagram at EF underscore general, I believe. That's XFam Apparel. Um, follow his extended family apparel if you want the most comfortable and dope shirts out there. Chad Boy Summer is never over. Never. You got um, blessing over here. Hey, man. <laughs> I call it like I see it. Um, and everyone else in the commission, Greg and Jay from, and then some more. Fourth and long. Jay and Kieran from Super Necessary. Uh, Lino and Ian from Flip the Jab, of course. Alex from Embrace the Grind. Drea from Combat Sports with Rhino. The man, the myth, the legend, Cyrus King. Um, <laughs> I, am I missing anyone from the commission? I'm, I'm pretty sure that was everyone.
1: Yeah, I think that's everyone. What did, you shouted out Super Necessary, right? I, I, there was a lot in there. Super I want to make, make sure we address the boys across the pond now.
0: Absolutely. They're the coolest. Um, and also... Uh, some other content creators you should totally support the Friendly Sparring Podcast with Juice and Leo and the What's Up Weirdo Podcast with John E. L. Tenny and Jessica Napic. Yeah. It's not an MMA show, but Jessica is an MMA fan. She's got her own Twitter page. She's hilarious with her memes and her takes and it's a paranormal spooky type show and it's, it, even if you're not into that stuff, it's Hilarious to listen to And you should totally Check it out And connect with those people Because they're awesome
1: Oh it's a great show man The banter they have And the, and the timing That they bounce off Of each other it's, it's fucking It's amazing man It's great So yeah I definitely Encourage everybody To tune into that shit To all of the shows You mm-hmm. just listed man And you know Shout out to you For doing that Because you know Not everybody would do that So it means a lot And again bro That's why I had you on You know what I mean Because of who you are And because of what you represent You embody what i respect man so thank you so much
0: i really appreciate that man and same goes to you man thanks again for having me on
1: for sure brother thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next time
0: thank you see you next time,
1: time anything i do it seems i just can't get through All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, man. I was looking forward to this conversation all fucking week, and I'm glad that it went the way I pictured it in my head, man. Shout out to Chris for making the time. Make sure to follow him at Unmatched MMA and at Chris Loves Horror on Instagram and Twitter. For all of our content and all of our merch, please check out www.extendedfamilyapparel.com. We'll see you soon. When I call you, you really don't give am just alone, my